101 is shorthand for information. Is 202 double the amount? That's the position in the year where July 21st falls. That means that 2023 is now 55 and a third percent of the way through to the end. Do you know everything that you need to get through? Charlottesville Community Engagement presumes you may not, so here now is another collection of stories. In this assemblage of information, Charlottesville is on track to have a $12 million surplus in the most recently completed fiscal year. The U.S. House Appropriations Committee has slashed funding for Amtrak, which could put expansion of passenger rail in Virginia in jeopardy. Charlottesville City Council has appointed two newcomers to the Board of Commissioners for the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority. A gun buyback program in Charlottesville will move forward. Charlottesville's next strategic plan is coming together. Michael C. Rogers says goodbye to City Council, and Sam Sanders continues a long hello. And the Land Use and Environmental Planning Committee meets today, but we won't know what they talked about for some time, if ever. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, while we may be in the hot and hazy days of summer, the Friends of the Jefferson-Madison Regional Library are already looking ahead to their fall book sale. Twice a year, the group holds the event to help raise funds to keep the library system going. The book sale urgently needs your donations, and now is the time to clean out that bookcase, garage, basement, garret, storage locker, or closet, and bring everything you find down to the basement of the Gordon Avenue branch. Friends of the JMRL want to make the fall book sale the best ever, and they're counting on you for inventory to help them do even better than the 14900000 raised this past spring. Visit the JMRL Friends website to learn more. A quick announcement at the top here. Readers and listeners may know that I've been spending a lot of time as a caregiver for my parents and have not been able to work as I've wanted to. This time is finite, and soon I'll be able to devote my full attention to this work. This particular edition features a lot of stories from this week. I'm hoping to get several long-form pieces done this weekend, but at this point, I'll get to it when I can. Let's start with this one. We're three weeks into the fiscal year, and that means the last one can be closed out. Charlottesville collected nearly $5 million more in real property taxes in fiscal year 2023. Here is Interim City Manager Michael C. Rogers. For the second year in a row, we are ending with a big surplus. Um, and that surplus is driven by um, double-digit uh, increase in assessment. The total projected surplus is nearly $12.7 million. While Rogers said the city also saved money by not filling several vacancies in local government, revenue collection was higher than anticipated in several other areas. The city collected $2.175 million more than expected in personal property taxes for a total of $14.175 million. The transient room tax brought in $8.1.23 million, or $1.123 million, then budgeted. The meals tax brought in $1.7 million more than anticipated for a total of $15,785,363. And there was an additional $771,158 not expected from the State Highway Assistance Fund. 
The projected, but not audited, surplus is higher than the $5 million that Council had been told about in January. Chrissy Hamill, the city's director of budget and performance measurement, said the increase had not been expected. We have tried to budget conservatively to make sure we were making our marks. We had no trends to follow during this time period. Hamill said the Commonwealth of Virginia is beginning to report signs of a slowdown in some revenue, such as sales tax collection. There'll be more information on the fiscal year 23 surplus in future editions of this program. A transportation budget making its way through the U.S. House of Representatives stands to make severe cuts to programs to expand alternatives to driving. On Tuesday, the U.S. House Appropriations Committee voted 34 to 27 on the fiscal year 24 budget that passed through the Transportation, Housing and Urban Development and Related Agencies Subcommittee, or FUDRES. That body recommends removing all federal funding for the Intercity Passenger Rail Grant Program, in part because of the passage of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act under a different Congress, controlled by the Democratic Party. The funding cuts jeopardize a plan to increase rail capacity in Virginia. In December 2019, former Governor Ralph Northam announced a $3.7 billion initiative to purchase right-of-way and make track investments to increase frequency. The Transforming Rail in Virginia initiative includes a plan to extend passenger service to Christiansburg and the New River Valley. The bill also eliminates all funding for the RAISE grant program that is being used to pay for infrastructure projects across the country. The bill approved by the House Appropriations Committee totals $90.243 billion in funding, which is about $8.633 billion below the amount requested by President Joe Biden. A summary of the bill on the appropriations website calls this sort of spending wasteful and reflects a Republican priority to eliminate investment from the federal government. This is an emerging story. The governing body of the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority is now back at full strength. Charlottesville City Council has appointed Alice Washington and Javier Rodales to two vacancies on the Board of Commissioners. Members of the CRHA board also serve as members of the board for the nonprofit Charlottesville Community Development Corporation. According to the CRHA website, that's a nonprofit intermediary of CRHA with responsibility for redevelopment related activities. The CRHA board next meets at 6 p.m. on Monday. An initiative to help combat gun violence will move forward. Charlottesville City Council has approved an ordinance that will allow the police department to create a buyback program for firearms. Charlottesville Police Chief Michael Cotches told council that the city will partner with another entity to conduct the transactions. We would be reaching out to nonprofit to actually facilitate the uh, gun buyback where we would be involved in that process. Any firearms recovered, we would then take in and they're incinerated. Similar programs exist in other Virginia localities, such as Roanoke, Richmond, and Norfolk. According to the staff report, it is not yet known how much a program would cost, but the document does lay out other statistics. Here's that section. As of March 20th, 2023, the city of Charlottesville has seen a 150% increase in murder and non-negligent manslaughter offenses in 2023 over the entire calendar year of 2022. Since 2019, annual violent crime offenses in the city have increased steadily year over year by a total of 59.3% from 2019 to the end of 2022. Interim city manager Michael C. Rogers had other new information about the police department in his report. 
Chief Conscious, through uh, his concentrated efforts, has hired 15 recruits in the, in the police academy. The success of uh, uh, CPD cuts the vacancies in the department from 30 to 15. One of the tasks that outgoing city manager Michael C. Rogers set out to perform has been the creation of a new strategic plan. Preparation of the last one broke down due to the pandemic and a series of departures by the city's top executives. In January, the city hired North Carolina firm Raftelis Financial Consultants to relaunch the process. There's been a series of events this year for council to identify goals. Rogers had an update on Monday. Members of uh, staff leadership participated in a session to review the uh, the city council's identified goals in order to brainstorm adding strategies and measures to those strategic outcome areas. The city manager will review uh, that draft framework in the next uh, few weeks with the goal of a completed framework that will be presented to city council and the public. Whereas a comprehensive plan sets the overall philosophy for a locality, the strategic plan is intended to direct the day-to-day working of government employees. If you're interested in more stories on strategic plans, there's a whole bunch on Information Charlottesville. Check the link in the newsletter. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement and in today's second subscriber-supported public service announcement. Have you grown something, made something, brewed something, or otherwise created something that's worthy of a contest? The Piedmont Master Gardeners want you to consider showing off the upcoming Albemarle County Fair. They're calling on home gardeners, brewers, bakers, beekeepers, artists, crafters, and viticulturalists to submit an entry. The fair is to be held July 27th through July 29th at James Monroe's Highland, and entries will be accepted on Wednesday, July 26th. Ribbon winners will be selected the next day, and entries will be displayed through 8 p.m. Saturday, July 29th. The fair will showcase the best of horticulture and homegrown vegetables and fruits from the Albemarle Charlottesville area, and highlight local skills in baking, food preservation, fine arts, photography, and much more. The Master Gardeners will set up educational exhibits and children's activities and will be available during the fair to answer gardening questions at a mobile help desk. That's the Piedmont Master Gardeners seeking entries for the Albemarle County Fair. Thank you to the Piedmont Master Gardeners for this shout out. Two more segments to go today. On Monday, City Council formally elevated Deputy Manager Sam Sanders to a position that's been held on an interim basis by Michael C. Rogers. Rogers works for the Robert Bob Group, a company hired by the city in January of 2022 to provide managerial services. My assignment was to stabilize government operations. Uh, present the budget, fill a number of critical vacancies, and present to council programs and policies necessary for efficient working of government. Rogers said he believes he's accomplished that goal and is leaving Charlottesville better than he found it. He thanked council for their leadership during his tenure. In 37 meetings that have been held where you took 263 votes, 
245 of them were unanimous. That's 93.16%. That certainly means that you talk to each other. You worked things out. That doesn't mean that there was total agreement across the board, but you did the work of governance and worked it out. Rogers also thanked Sanders and fellow Deputy City Manager Ashley Marshall for their work. You have been exemplary at the top of the list for the number of deputies that have worked for me over my career. Council adopted a proclamation recognizing Rogers for presiding over the adoption of two budgets, the funding of $90 million for the renovation of the newly renamed Charlottesville Middle School, and adoption of a climate action plan. One item that has not been completed is the adoption of a new zoning code. The next edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement will hopefully get us up to speed. After the proclamation for Rogers, council voted unanimously to authorize a contract for Sanders. He'll be paid $240,000 a year, plus a $6,000 allowance for vehicles. Thank you to the members of council for your support. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the ability to, to bring forward your vision for this city. Sanders said there is a lot for city government to get done. This next part sounds familiar. I may be one who struggles to achieve work-life balance. People are reminding me of that. Uh, And I will always encourage others to seek and find theirs. So as I do that with them, I hope to bring that to myself. I, on the other hand, hope to work seven days a week for you. The closed-door Land Use and Environmental Planning Committee meets virtually today at noon, but no members of the public are allowed unless you've been invited. We also won't know what they've discussed for a couple of weeks. To recap, the LUPEC group replaces a public body called the Planning and Coordination Committee that consists of elected officials from Albemarle and Charlottesville, as well as top officials at the University of Virginia. Charlottesville City Council and the Board of Supervisors in Albemarle County agreed to close that entity in late 2019. The LUPEC group last met on June 16th and discussed a need to limit public conversation about what is discussed at their meetings. At least one member of the body had been reporting items at public meetings, but according to the minutes of the June 16th meeting, that practice is to be stopped. Here's a section from those minutes. The website, biannual reports to the three charter entities, and any public meeting between LUPEC and the elected officials were established to be the reporting mechanisms for LUPEC. The minutes also state that the charter for the group states that it was formed to allow professional staff to collaborate and develop solutions on a continuous basis with regularly scheduled reports to leadership of all three entities, retain visibility into the substance of the work via publicly posted agendas, notes, and materials. The meeting is at noon today, and the minutes are to be posted within 10 business days, but only when possible. The Virginia Department of Transportation will be invited to meetings in August and November. There may be an in-person briefing in September. At the June meeting, there were two presentations. The Rivanna Water and Sewer Authority gave a presentation on a waterline crossing of the South Fork Rivanna River. And the University of Virginia Foundation gave a presentation on the rehabilitation of the Birdwood Mansion and its ongoing transportation to hospitality uses. My main interest in covering LUPEC, even if I'm not allowed into the meetings, is to give the community as much possible notice of what the University of Virginia plans to do. To keep track of those stories, take a look at the land use UVA topic on Information Charlottesville.
That's the end of number 558. I had hoped to have more written this week, but at this moment, work is not my first priority. I have three days now to get as much done before I go back to another two weeks of the kind of uncertainty that prevents me from committing to a regular schedule. This had not been anticipated, but I suspect most of you understand the situation, or that I am in a situation, and it has nothing to do with the Jersey Shore. Yet. Either way, if you want to know what's coming up next in this program, I recommend looking up my Substack notes page, and I recommend the Substack app as well. I'll remind you that one in four readers and listeners contribute financially to the newsletter one way or another, which is highly encouraged. But I will never tell you what to do, except to generally tell you to learn as much as you can about as much as you can and to question everything. And if you do subscribe to Substack, Ting will match your initial payment. You may, you may know, know by, by now that, that if you enter the promo code community, community you, you will get free insulation, a second month free, and a $75 I'm Sean Tubbs. I'll be back again. Who knows? Maybe tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody.